0: Welcome to the Boiled Dow Coffee Club Podcast, the meeting after the meeting where we talk about our experience living. You know what? I always say, boil Dowl.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about a stick, Don.
0: Boil a dowel. <laughs> Welcome to the Boiled Dow Coffee Club Podcast, the meeting after the meeting where we talk about our experience living sober. We don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. This is only our experience. We have no monopoly on sobriety. If you don't like our approach, that's okay. There's lots of ways to live, and there's lots of ways to live sober. This works for us. I'm Don. Hey, Don. I'm Sam, y'all. Sam, it is you. It's me. All the way over there.
1: Way, way over there.
0: In Palm Springs.
1: Indeed, it's going to be over 70 degrees here today.
0: And that's different than here in Greensboro, where it's very cold, freezing.
1: Y'all, got, y'all, y'all even had a little snow event. It, it was snow. like supposed to be like one to three minutes of snow, right?
0: The grocery stores were <laughs> emptied of all milk and bread. <laughs> <laughs> People were hunkered down. School. We closed. had
1: snow here not too long ago. It's all on the mountaintops, though. oh man hey don i just got to tell you it's it's interesting the things that uh that i will let take rent in my head ah? i have never lived in an hoa and i've heard a homeowner's association Uh, Uh, i have i have heard all kinds of nightmares
0: oh and The thing about that strikes me about an HOA is that I know you and I know that you (laughs) always have tons of problems with your neighbors. I've noticed that. And with HOA, it's built in that you're going to have all these people telling you what to do. Well, so that's the
1: thing that's worse now, you know, granted I'm living in a, sh- we're living in a condo and, and we've got shared walls and spaces and all that kind of stuff. And, and there are inherent aggravations that come with living that close to people, but what the HOA here is doing that just totally trips my little, well, shall we call it a character defect is my bucking authority that I have not. Granted, you. So, for Say instance,
0: that, who's doing the bucking?
1: I am. I am resistant to authority being exerted up, up upon me when I have not given you permission to do so. We're sensitive, and we don't suffer well. It's true. It's true. And so, but here's the thing, and and this is the you know I so frequently I'm willing to let go of an argument these days mm-hmm. because I. I love this thing of, uh, you know, is it going to matter a year from now? And frequently, no, it's not going to matter. Choose your battles wisely. That used to mean choose the ones you can win. Now it means choose the ones I'm willing to lose my sanity and serenity over. But that's the thing is that I'm in this place right now where I have issues with how my HOA maintains the property here. Mm -hmm. And I have had some run-ins with the HOA about this. Part of me just wants to just drop it and let it go and enjoy my serenity. And part of me knows that these are important things because this is safety stuff and things that are related to the property value and and taking care of this thing that I'm paying them X amount of money a month to do such and such work. Um, And so I can't let that go because it's irresponsible for me to let them not do their job you know, I, I've talked with my sponsor about this and I've talked with other friends in recovery and I've I've, I've definitely prayed about it. So but man, using, it just...
0: You're using the program on
1: this. I am, but it continues to spin in my head because all I can do about it is once a month at the board meeting. <laughs> and so I've got all this time in between when I would normally have addressed this, this would have been fixed by now. And I'm having to wait. So, yeah... I just want to share that character defects don't necessarily go away, no,
0: <laughs> but I
1: do have the opportunity today to, um, to choose, well, to choose my battles.
0: Choose your battles. I like that. The, what what did you say about choosing your battles?
1: Well, my mother is the first, I'm pretty sure is who taught me that phrase the first go round. choose your battles wisely. And to me, when I first learned that it was, you know, pick the fights you can win.
0: Yeah. And what also- that means
1: what it of means course. to me in recovery is pick the fights that are worth the the, the, uh, the, the blow battle. to my serenity.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And don't sweat
0: the small stuff.
1: And don't pick- pet the sweaty stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Welcome. Oh now Jerry. that's not
1: the segue to do here. Don't don't be associating Jerry with the sweaty stuff.
0: <laughs> no, she's in Greensboro. It's cold here. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. <laughs> hey, Jerry, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you came, Jerry. Tell us when did you get sober? I got sober March 10th of 2015. What was going on with you that made you take the drastic step of going to AA. I assume that's when you came to AA. It is, that
2: was the day I picked up my chip. So what was going on with me at that time was I was in denial that I was an alcoholic or an addict. I had been through cancer and I was using my own will to try to make things the way they used to be. So I wanted to go back to work. I wanted to do everything the way it was and wasn't happening. And I was fighting it rather than surrendering. So I was having a lot of problems keeping a job um, because of my illness and it, it was just a mess. And again, because I was pretending um, my children mentioned that oh they didn't know all this was going on it to them it looked like I was good at putting up a facade so to them it looked like I was doing pretty well and they said
0: they didn't know you were sick no no
2: no they knew all of that they knew all of that but the jobs that at the time were more scattered for me because I I kept trying to go back to working like a regular 40 hour a week like I used to plus mm-hmm. some and I kept getting ill, but they, they were grown, so they weren't in the area with me. So they really didn't know. It just appeared to them, or what I told them, was that, you know, I'm doing well now, everything's back to normal. So, but they were with me the whole time I was going through my surgeries and, and my treatments and everything. So anyway, you, so they're out of state. Were you and, drinking the with? The yes, stuff? absolutely. I was drinking to coat. I was taking Xanax like it was candy, Klonopin like it was candy, um, almost actually overdosed. Yeah, one night I just wanted to disappear and not feel what I was feeling. But the weird thing is I said, oh, I know how not to overdose. I'm a nurse. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still a nurse, but I'm not in the nursing field like I
0: used to be yeah Yeah. so you can use all that knowledge to control your drug intake that's
2: right that's
0: right so
2: yeah so the one night I almost didn't come back I could feel my heart beat really slowing down and I felt like I was kind of drifting off you know somewhere else and I, I knew it I could feel that and um my pup my dog he sleeps in the bed with me and he came to me started like nudging the side of my face and I could feel my heartbeat like going quicker and quicker. And, and then I woke up in a pool of vomit. So that was, that's kind of my rock bottom. Um, But then again, I didn't share that with anyone. Again, like I said, my children thought everything was going okay. And, you know, they said, uh, why don't you start dating again? You know, you haven't been in a relationship in a while. I was like, yeah okay why not so I started doing online dating and uh, while all this was going on of course and um I met a a man (laughs) the night the first night we went out the first thing I needed was some wine because that was my go-to I love red wine so I um
0: Particularly, s- dating's a little bit stressful. Somebody you don't know. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so I already popped my clonopin in and Xanax before I went there, but I, <laughs> but I needed to really, <laughs> I needed to wash it down with some red wine. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> so, oh my god, I love
1: you already.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there, and um, you know, I said, um, "What are you going to have to drink?" And he says. Oh, I I don't drink, but you can order something. I said, you don't drink? He said, no, no, I'm in recovery. I'm in AA. And I said, oh, okay, so you're an alcoholic? And he said, yes, I am. And I'm thinking to myself, poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, this is what I'm like, "Mm, well, I'm too bad for him. But I said, but because you're not drinking, I won't either tonight. He said, no, no, you can go ahead. And I said, no. no, that's all right. I won't drink tonight either. So that was the very first time we met and um, we continued to get to know each other. He, at the time I was living in Raleigh, he lived in Greensboro. So he'd come up like on weekends and we'd go to AA meetings and because he was really devoted to the program. And I said, sure, why not? I'll go with him.
0: You know, supportive why didn't you resist going to an AA meeting that's it where you were interested or were, were you thinking this is going to be boring but I'm just gonna do this for this guy
2: you know I've always been I feel like supported supportive of people and I think it's kind of just in my nature as, as best I can and so I didn't want him to feel like I was judging him that he was an alcoholic as uh-huh. well.
1: So So was this a situation where he invited you to come to an AA meeting or did you ask to to join him?
2: He, he asked me if I'd like to go with him because he needed to go to a meeting that weekend. And would I like to join, you know? And I said, sure, I'll go. No problem. And he
0: said, you know, that's really generous because my wife is a nurse. She's a retired nurse now. And when I first got sober, she went to maybe two meetings with me, but She doesn't like to go to AA meetings. She she really (laughs) doesn't enjoy it. She finds them quite boring. It Um, doesn't have anything to do with you being there, right, Don? (laughs) She wants me to go.
1: She wants
0: me. But it's just like uh, they just tell these stories about their drinking and recovering. So I mean, it's, it's interesting. But she would really rather do something else. So if we go out of town or something, and I go to a meeting, she does something else. So I think that's quite generous of you. Go ahead, Jerry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, he also mentioned that he said, well, since you're not an alcoholic, you know, you could also check out um, the other program, the Al-Anon. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, because we became serious and started dating, we became a couple. So I Mm -hmm. said, sure, I'll I'll try Al-Anon. He said, that way you can understand about alcoholism and what, you know, alcoholics go through. I said, sure, why not? I'll do that. So there was a meeting actually right around the corner from where I lived. And I started going to that meeting. I probably went a total of four times. But the very last time I went, I met a wonderful group of women. They were so nice. And after the meeting, every time we would go and have uh, lunch. So we were all sitting together at the table. And they said, Jerry, um, you know, the, the conference is coming up and it would be really nice if you could join us at the conference. And I said, well, what conference? And they explained to me it's an AA Al-Anon conference. So I said, oh, and they said, oh, it's so much fun and you know, you'd know you really enjoy it. So I said, oh yeah, sure. So it's AA Al-Anon, but, but since we're not in AA, we can drink, right? And, and they said, <laughs> and they kind of all looked at each other because when they said-
0: <laughs> Over your bases. <laughs>
2: When they said fun, and they said conference and fun, fun to me was drinking, being able to drink, because that's, that's how I had fun. So they were like, well, it probably wouldn't be a good idea, you know? <laughs> and I said, well, why not? I mean, they're alcoholics, not us. And they all just looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with them. I don't understand this. So anyway... It's time when uh, yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't understand why they were looking at me like that. So anyway, I went to a few more meetings with Robert. His name is Robert. I went a few more meetings with him. And but every time I went, I kept feeling like I belong there. I actually felt like I belonged there. But I'm like, but I'm not an alcoholic. And honestly, in my mind, like I just felt like I didn't fit into what an alcoholic may be because I always, you know. I didn't drink as soon as I got up. I didn't drink all day long. I didn't, you know, it wasn't my go-to, but I didn't realize I had addictive personality. So if it wasn't alcohol, it was something else, you know? We were at the meeting and I said, you know, I feel like I belong here. I do have some of these isms, but what I'm gonna do is go to a meeting on my own without him there and see how I feel about it. And that's what I did. So I went to the meeting, I heard everything that I needed to hear. It was a discussion meeting, but it was how people actually got into the program and what they were doing prior to getting into AA. And there were at least five people that shared that they were taking uh, benzos and drinking alcohol. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I mean, I'm like sitting there, like, oh my god, oh my gosh, oh my
1: people
0: gosh. Are reading my <laughs> mail? Yeah,
2: they're like. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting there, like my heart is just boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh my oh, gosh. Wow. So at the end, wow. when it's like, does anybody want to join the program of AA? That's when I first picked, when I picked up my first chip. And that was March 10th, oh. 2015.
1: What wow. a fantastic story. I, I, I got chills when you started, when you, especially when you said that you made the decision to go to a meeting on your own.
0: and and, oh wow and then you got what you really needed to hear I mean I've been to a lot of meetings but I don't necessarily hear exactly that story you heard it from multiple people multiple
2: people and I'm like what is going on it it felt surreal it's it really did because I'm like oh my gosh and then one guy said that you know he he almost died from it I'm like what happened to me you know and it's it was just like i felt like that was my higher power saying let's do this
0: now it is yeah now it is so you know i went to a meeting when my mother died i was in working in colorado mm -hmm. and i talked to my sponsor I had to fly back home, but I was going to wait a few days to fly back home, and then I started going crazy and realized I can't work here, But I was totally isolated on this job. I needed to be back home, so I was going to fly back on Thursday morning, very early. And I, I told my sponsor I would go to a meeting that night, and as I was driving to, I was going to stay at the airport so I could be there for the very early flight. Mm-hmm and i was tired i was depressed i was i was lonely i i was grieving and i just wanted to go to that hotel room and isolate and just turn on the tv and just sit there in my misery it felt like the right thing to do but i had told my sponsor that i would go to a meeting and so i I can't do it because then i'm gonna have to tell him that i didn't go and so I'll go and I drove to this meeting that was uh, 30 minutes out of the way and went to the meeting and the guy who was chairing the meeting said I want to dedicate this meeting to my mother who died a year ago tonight it's her anniversary and I want to honor her and I just felt like I need to be here this is where I need to be. And I've never heard anybody say that at a meeting before. So that's my higher power. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. It's, in, it's incredible how that can happen. We get what we need to hear when we need to hear it. Yes. Sheesh. Yes. Now, you said you went to, you know, you went to Al-Anon. I went to some Al-Anon meetings when my brother was drinking I found that it was the easiest thing in the world to detach with love, so easy for me, because I'm an alcoholic, and detaching from people is a dream. I don't. My, <laughs> problem, my problem is caring about somebody else. <laughs> That's one of the differences between the two programs. That is prime. One of the prime True. differences.
1: True.
0: So you and Robert
1: were dating for a while, and y'all decided that you were going to go steady, or
0: you know, you were a couple.
1: How long of, t- of a time was that?
2: Oh, that was let's see, five months. About five, five months.
1: months. Okay, so you've been getting to know this man for yeah. five months, mm-hmm. and he's been getting to know you. Mm-hmm. Now, have y'all had a con- did y'all have a conversation later about? Oh yeah, I knew you were an alcoholic. I was just waiting for you to know you were an alcoholic. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> um, he knew that I had some isms. <laughs> and he could tell that. He, did you hide he, it? I did, oh yeah, yeah. I did. Because I was, drinking, I was drinking during the week. And when he came on the weekends, I would hide the wine bottle in my closet back behind some boxes.
0: He was shining he, by just being sober. He was shining a light on absolutely. Your drink. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. Because if he hadn't been so passionate about the program, um, I probably would have never gotten into AA. You know, if he just said, "Well, this is this is my program. I'm not worried about trying to get anybody else to do well." He and it wasn't he was trying to get me to do it. It's just that he took it seriously. So he's like, "If I come, mm-hmm. when I come visit, I'm going to go to a meeting."
0: What was the process to change to where this is really a problem?
2: Well, I started feeling a little guilty that I was hiding wine bottles. I did, but I still couldn't not do it yet. Mm, Yeah. You know, and totally say, well, you know, he's not drinking. I'm not going to drink either. So I just didn't want him to see what I was still doing (laughs) when he wasn't there. But I was in such denial. You know,
1: I just like that was that was a this thing of like, wait a minute, yeah. they've got all this time that they're spending yeah. together. How does he not know?
2: Yeah, yeah. He, he he felt that there was something, but um, he probably knew <laughs> I had like addictive kind of behaviors, but he couldn't say it. Oh yeah, you're one of us. You know, he didn't yeah. want to come out and say that.
1: Yeah, that's that's for us to yeah. do. Yeah, we, we, we do that for ourselves. For ourselves, exactly.
0: did you feel that since that you were using drugs as well, that Alcoholics Anonymous might not be the place for you to go?
2: I, you mean when I
0: first got sober?
2: Yeah. AA just really resonated with me. And I just chose to stay with AA. Felt like home, felt like
0: family. And it also can be used if you have drug addictions, as long as you're an alcoholic. Exactly. And I definitely (laughs) qualify.
2: I know I'm an alcoholic because I, I drank. And again, when I would drink, sometimes I would drink. I didn't know how much, if I was going to keep drinking.
0: That's an alcoholic.
2: That's an, you know, I, I didn't know. I mean, if I felt good, I'm like, you know, I could feel a little bit better (laughs) (laughs) you know and I'd keep drinking, but also, yes, I was, (laughs) I could feel better. I could feel just a little bit better. Wow, this feels good. Let me feel a little bit better. A little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better. So until man. I passed out. Until I passed out. Yeah. But the thing about it is ah, funny.
0: that's it. <laughs> that's
2: it. But I would be home. I was one of those secret, those closet alcoholics. Because I would do it at home and pass out. I didn't want to be seen out in public sloppy drunk. Because oh, was I was too to worried. Anything. Yes, I was too worried about what people thought about me. So, I had to go home and do it and isolate. Yeah.
1: And so. you are an alcoholic.
2: And I'm an alcoholic. So I could be either one. Or I could go to yeah. any. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it was put so eloquently to me, uh, go where you were fed. Mm-hmm. And AA is, is where I'm fed.
2: Yes. And that's, that's how I feel too. I
0: do. Okay. So what was something that you felt like was just crazy that AA is asking you to do? that you discovered once you were on the other side of it, oh, these people really are making sense. This really works.
2: Yes. Um, one of the, I, the first thing that came in my mind was my sponsor wanted me to call her every day. And I'm like, I'm a grown woman. I don't feel I need to call someone every single day.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: and I would skip a few days and she'd get on me about it. Now I can look back and see why, because I had to learn to be accountable. I didn't want to be accountable. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And that was part of my nature. I think a lot of alcoholics feel that way. They don't like authority. (laughs) I don't know what you're
0: talking
1: about. I have no clue (laughs) what you were speaking of. (laughs) Why are you coming for me like
2: this? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So that now I look back and I'm like, that's exactly what I needed
0: absolutely what is the line in the big book about we are oh my big book thumperism wants to find this out y'all talk amongst yourselves
1: (laughs) insert long pause (laughs) (laughs) well just the fact that we love the name of rebellion dogs for a group you know from the 12 and 12 says a lot
0: what is that reference sam well,
1: Rebellion Dogs are every step is the line, but I still want to be part. of I, I just need to start a group here in Palm Springs called Rebellion Dogs. Rebellion Dogs. <laughs> Don, I strongly recommend that you just like find that later and then cut it into the podcast and make yourself sound like an amazing brainiac of a big book
0: thumper. Yeah, I'm going to do that we were maladjusted to life, we're in full flight from reality, or we're outright mental defectives. That's from the doctor's opinion. I thought you (laughs) might, but you can't edit this part out, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So Jerry, did you get a sponsor?
2: I did. Um, I ended up moving to, well, I had a sponsor briefly when I was still in Raleigh, Um, but when I moved to Greensboro, uh, that's when my sponsorship actually really took off. So uh, I got a sponsor as soon as I came here and who came highly recommended. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, she's exactly what I needed because she was stern yet loving. And mm-hmm. I, I needed that, you know, for someone to say, this is what worked for me. So that's why I'm suggesting this. You know, and I listened and I said, okay, well, let me, let me try it. You know, let me try it. And, um, and it worked. It worked.
1: I have it's a- amazing what willingness does for us, isn't it?
2: I think willingness is the key because see with me, yes, I, I'm an alcoholic, addict, but the thing about it is I always felt like I couldn't get my life together. it it wasn't like oh I need to stop drinking I need to stop taking drugs it was like why is my life always chaotic constantly it was always chaotic and I would make such unhealthy decisions in my life and couldn't know I didn't know why I was doing that over and over and over. You know? So once I started the program and I started to learn how to live healthy, make healthy decisions it's like my whole life turned around. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I wanted my whole life.
1: (laughs) You know? You just gave a wonderful description of the second part of the first step. Admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become
0: unmanageable.
2: Oh, it was unmanageable for years. (laughs) Seriously, just... So, yes, not drinking or drugging is a huge component, but... The part of living a healthy life that's that's morally sound and just doing the next right thing and helping other people and focusing on my character defects and, and working through that. All of it is just, it's phenomenal. Like the program is, it, I recommend it to everybody, any
0: 12-step program. So our problems mount up so much that it seems like it's impossible to solve. It says that somewhere in the book. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think is because of one bad decision after another bad decision. Mm -hmm. That's the way I lived before I came to AA. I would make bad decisions and I would respond to the mess that I was in and make it worse i could and generally those decisions were coming from a self-centered place absolutely yeah to protect myself or to get out of trouble by lying and and telling something else and then that would make it worse and that and then when we get in recovery it's like so how can i possibly get out of this what are you people talking about let go and and Live in the present moment. I've got problems. How am I gonna do what am I supposed to do with this? Just calm down, make one good decision. That's all you gotta make is what's the next right thing for you to do. First, don't drink. Then that gives you the ability to make another decision that's you know clear headed and and maybe take into account using my higher power, which is usually the talking to my sponsor. Or to someone else in AA, which gives me guidance of what the right decision is. And then I'll make that decision. Then i make another decision. slowly but surely, one decision, one day at a time, I start to climb out of the hole. Yes.
2: And another key is the emotional sobriety. That's another reason why I wanted to get out of my feelings. Because I didn't know how to deal with them. Um, You know, I... When I felt something that was unpleasant, I couldn't. I, I, it was very uncomfortable. So I had to do something or take something to get that feeling to go away.
1: Yes, I must not experience this.
2: Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that was that's another thing I've learned how to, you know, deal with my emotions um, because my emotions don't define me. And how do I deal with my emotions in a healthy way rather than trying to escape? So like I always tell people too, mental health is a huge factor. It absolutely is.
1: And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind for me on this is is that, um, you know, I am not purporting myself to be um, just this wonderful altruistic person who does no wrong in the world today that I am like, you know, some example of purity um we are not saints (laughs) it it, it is part of is one of the lines in our book you know the the point is spiritual progress not spiritual perfection um so when when we talk about these things when i talk about the stuff the way that i'm trying to live the things that the the tools that we have the concepts that we're trying to align with Mm -hmm. i am absolutely imperfect at doing those things and I am never going to be someone walking around shining my you know polishing my halo and wearing it for everyone to see but this particularly shows up in conversations with my sponsor I I love this this line that he uh he got from his sponsor and that is I claim my progress I am not the person that I was when I came into these rooms This program has worked on me over time and that emotional sobriety has shown up and I am a lot better at living life today.
2: Absolutely. If someone told me that I would be living a life that I do now, especially emotionally, I I would have said, no, there's no way. There's no way because I can still, Despite what's going on, and again, I have no halo either, <laughs> but <laughs> despite what's going on, there is an inner peace that I can always tap into, uh, like step 11 through you know, through prayer and meditation. Um, and I do that on a regular, continuous, <laughs> daily basis, um, because that's what helps keep me grounded.
0: Jerry, can you share something personal that we're recently emotionally distraught and you worked the program, and how you did that to be able to deal?
2: I, you know, my there was a situation um, a couple years ago that brought up a lot of fear for me, um, and it was a family member uh, who I had to be there for. I didn't know what to expect, but I... The person almost passed away Hmm. and it was devastating to me. And the thing is, I did not have one inkling to drink or to take something that would take me out of how I was feeling at that moment. I felt like I needed to be there for them in sound mind. And I feel like my higher power just worked through me that whole time because the things I said and did, I was surprised. Like, I'm like, this is not me. <laughs> this is not me, but I showed up. I made sure I had my support group of women that are in the program, my sponsor and other women, and they all helped me through it. They, they helped me through it with just support and love. And I, I dug into my faith my higher power was there. And I think that was probably the biggest showing of how this program works and being in tune with your higher power.
0: How how do you depend on a higher power?
2: Well, when I meditate, I always ask to be shown what I need to know. If there's something that is bothering me, I will ask for help with it. You know, I said, I say, God, please help me. Please help me with this. If it's something that's constantly and I, I can't get get it off my shoulder, you know, it's, please help me with this. And if I'm open, it, it works. I mean, it the feeling won't be as strong. I'll get some information from either someone speaking to me or something I read in a book or see on TV. So I get all these little nudges or, or information i feel like from the universe I, and that's my higher power i feel i call it the universe and and if i'm just willing and open and pay attention i'm always getting clues on what i need to do so
0: yeah it that, that is exactly the way it works for me too and i like i've i struggled for a long time with the concept of a higher power and depending on a higher power, because it's like, I'm just, what are you saying? You're just gonna depend on thin air? I, it makes no sense to me when I first came in. Yes. Yet doing it, going through the actions of doing it, I found that I could get through situations that I couldn't get through before by asking for help. And so I always like good orderly direction. God is good orderly direction. I ask God to direct my thinking. That's a prayer that I use really frequently, particularly when I'm in turmoil. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess here. Please direct my thinking. I, yes. you know, because I'm jumbled up, Absolutely. and the the act of pausing, stepping back, and reaching outside of myself—I don't have the answers. Is I don't, it? It actually works. Yes, it does.
2: And you know, we have millions of thoughts that come through our minds every day. It takes me out of my present moment. And that's what I've been working on, especially the past few months is staying present because there's so much you can get from being in the present moment. It doesn't deplete your energy, you know, when you're external. So I try to stay in the present moment, but my mantra lately has been release surrender, trust. That has been my mantra over the past few weeks. Release, surrender, and trust. I like it. So whenever like these it. thoughts come up, trying to figure things out, like what is this going to look like? Um, when is this going to happen? What's this? It, I, I just stop and I say, release, surrender, trust, and let it go. So
0: yeah. All the fear with around COVID hmm. that we have had to deal with. Yes. That's, that's a great tool for that. Because... It seems like all my fear about it is all stuff that could happen. Right. And I'm like into what could happen, what, what's going you know, what could happen, what could happen, what could, and when I'm there, I'm in the future and I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. But if I come back to right now, mm-hmm. things are generally much calmer right now. <laughs> they are. than they are in the future. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Particularly my future, I'm envisioning.
1: <laughs> You're not talking about catastrophizing, are you?
0: Maybe just a touch.
1: Very much so. Yeah, it continues to be a thing for me with uh, with regard to COVID of, of just um, remembering uh, that the only thing that I have control over is what I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What I say, what I do. And so much of what is going on around me... Uh, it, I would be well served to recall your mantra.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
0: I'm going to well, I'm going well, to trust, you know, with as far as COVID goes, we got a vaccine, so like it's now it's like do I trust the vaccine? But I'm going to have faith in Pfizer because they <laughs> they made Viagra. <laughs> and if they can raise the dead, I knew that was coming. They can save the living. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don, oh my God.
1: <laughs> I think it's uh, time for an old timer's question. <laughs> Where's that pesky owl? <laughs> oh, it is time for our old timer's question. Hey, old timer, wake up!
0: Who you calling an old timer?
1: (laughs) You! That's what happens if you don't drink and you don't die.
0: Well, no matter how long you've been sober, it's still one day at a time, spammy. Spammy. (laughs) Dude,
1: you can post a question at boiledowlaa.org. We have a question from Amanda in San Francisco. How do I reconcile being an atheist with all the spirituality and god talk in the program?
0: Yeah. That's a good question. AA is a a program that um where we have to depend on something outside of ourselves, a higher power. To be an atheist, so you're go- I, I think you have to develop a belief in something outside of yourself. It, it, we don't demand that you believe in God but there has to be something outside of myself because if I don't do that then it's me I'm depending on me and that's what I was doing trying to control my drinking before I came to AA and Lord knows I tried to control my drinking before I came to AA because I didn't want to come to AA (laughs) so if I could control you know I tried and tried and tried to control it and I failed the thing that terrified me about AA was that it's this religious program. First meeting I went to, they were talking about God, and I don't, I'm not going to believe in something I don't believe in. I talked to my sponsor about, you know, I don't believe in in this idea of God. The main reason is because it's not cool. Is what I told him, and he said, "I know what you mean. I know what you mean," and he did. He was cool. He was a drummer in a a rock band. I used to drink with him. So, you know, a, a drummer in a punk rock band is cool. But he said, okay, you don't believe in a higher power, but do you believe that I believe in a higher power? And that was my path in because I had to say yes. I did believe that he believed. And he said, well, use mine and just ask my higher power that you're going to be using to keep you sober. And at the end of the day, say, thank you. And if you're willing to do that. And what happened to me was I got into so much pain that I came into AA. I didn't come in with a treatment center and I started shaking and I felt like I was going to blow up and I decided to pray to the nothing, as I called it, and no big spiritual experience happened or anything like that any kind of miracle or anything but I did feel a sense of I'm going to be okay I don't know what that was but it happened to me and so I was okay and I was and I got through that day so I then said that that experience is that's my higher power it's not something that somebody's telling me to believe in it's something that happened to me. So I, for me, I like to think of it in terms of, I used the scientific method and tested the theory of this idea of a higher power. Okay, but what I had was willingness to run the test. So I had willingness hmm. to ask something that I didn't believe in for help, go through all the steps of AA doing that. And after a period of time, I was staying sober and so something was working. Don't ask me to define it. I still can't define it. But I do know that there is something outside of my normal experience that is there that can help that helps me stay sober and helps other people stay sober within AA and it's ex- and that's the experience of AA. So it's not just w- like one person saying this. Everybody has that experience. I think that the problem always is semantics. It's words. What is a higher power? And what does that mean? And also, what is all the history of the word God and how that's been used? And I don't want to sign up with that. I don't want want anything to do with that stuff. And what I've done now is I've taken the word God. That's what I use. And I unattached it from everything that 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 word meant to me before I came to AA. Mm -hmm. And I've reattached it to the real things that have happened to me in AA when I've asked higher power for help.
1: Thanks, Don. Jerry, how do I reconcile being an atheist with all the spirituality and God talk in the program?
2: Well, the first thing I would say is
1: you may not believe in in the higher power of
2: God. Do you, when you look out in the sky, do you see a moon or the sun or the ocean? Do you believe that that exists? And if they say yes, especially if it's something they feel drawn to like the mountains or the ocean or whatever, that can be your higher power. Even though you may not believe in what made those things, but let nature, in some way, be your higher power. That's what I would suggest.
1: Beautiful. I have so many friends uh, in in this, these these rooms that uh, that nature is where they find their higher power. Sure yes, enough, yes, absolutely. Um, I identify as an atheist, and and Don, you know that I love words, and so by atheist, um, I am not in believing in a theist situation of a higher power. I don't believe in an entity, Mm -hmm. but I do have a belief in science and all of the things that we have already started to understand. And there's so many things beyond that that we can't even begin to imagine that maybe someday we will discover and understand. What I know is that there are laws In this universe of how things work we might still call them theories but they're pretty damn well proven things work in certain ways and to that i also have no problem believing that there are laws that we have yet to uncover that we've yet to describe that are also in play my experience has been That when I try to align my thinking and my actions, my will and my life from step three, with being open to whatever is, whatever way I can align my thinking and my actions with not being self-centered, my life goes a lot more pleasantly, a lot better than it did before I came into these rooms and got sober. I do not believe in the God that, that I was given in childhood. What I have come to, though, is a simple ability to look at the spirituality and God talk in this program and apply my my lens to it. Much Don, I've, I've said many times about how you talking about God, the word God, when I heard you tell your story when I was like maybe three months sober— how that so strongly resonated for me, Um, and it's something that I've adopted. I use the word God because I know what it means to me, and you can make it mean whatever it means to you when I say it, and I don't have to have judgment about that. Now, before, if I said the word God, if I said that I prayed or anything like that, I was totally in ego about I can't say those things because I need to look good and I can't have you thinking that I do what you do, that I believe what you believe. I don't care now. I just, I don't care. The need to define God is not present for me. And that I'm very happy about.
2: You released it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> if,
2: if you look at it scientifically though, um, I also, I believe the universe is energy. And so scientifically it's proven now that energy
1: is everything. So God is energy. We are like-minded. Yes. Don has got his head
0: in a book. What are you doing, man? Russell Brand's book, Recovery. I'd suggest reading that book. I love the way that he talks about this topic. He goes... uh, Unlike most cults, a 12-step program tells you to choose your own concept of a higher power. My, un- <laughs> Unlike most cults. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My understanding of God before I got clean was rather pejorative, that God was an abstract authority icon used to placate the many so that the few could act with impunity, or that God was a necessary placeholder for the mysteries of being while we waited for science to explain everything. I like Hmm. that. I like that too. Jerry,
1: thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much. It has been an honor and a joy and a pleasure to be here. This was so much fun. So I did mention uh, about the the live animals that used in this show. and, And once again... They're back! (laughs) <laughs> There's one perched up on that uh, that picture behind you, Jerry. She, I think he's oh, about no. to swoop.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Thanks for joining us. The Boiled Owl podcast is posted on the first and fifteenth of every month. If you'd like to contribute to help with expenses, information on that is at the bottom of our website. Visit us at boiledowlaa.org or you can email us at giveahoot at boiledowlaa.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous in your city or visit aa.org. Please note, Boiled Owl AA is produced by members of Alcoholics Anonymous and only expresses our experience and opinions. It is not endorsed by AA World Services.
2: So
0: um but uh, when, yeah. Um uh, d- uh well um but um, um when, yeah um, um 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 well um but uh um and uh and so um uh really when, um yeah and um but well um mm-hmm. um yeah. um um but I uh um uh, well um I um when, yeah and um and um um so um um and um they well um i when, but yeah. i um 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 um, um but Well um i when, and um yeah. I... um 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 and um Well um i when, um yeah um um uh, um really um but, but... i um Um, Um, jug bitten. (laughs) I've enjoyed being knackered a time or two.